Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Welcome to the Tin Pop Talky Yellow Army podcast. We start in Spanish because I've been told on good authority, Richard, we have at least one listener in Spain. So, hola. Hola. Hola, did you, did you just call That's us Tin Pop? That's the extent of my Spanish. Did you just call us Tin Pop? That's as good as it gets. Tin Pop Talky. Re- Wrexham fans on social media after last Saturday calling us Tin Pot Talky. I don't even really know what that means. I mean, we lost to the Well, there were some very rude things to say. We'll get on to the Wrexham game a little bit later. But yeah. there is, um, I know, did notice that Charlie Baker was suggesting that we might end up with some T-shirts with Tin Pot Torquay on them. Yeah. Um, it's a, a, a badge to wear with pride when it's referred to by Wrexham. But I we'll mean, I know, I, I know what it literally means, but, you know, from them, what does it mean? It's a bit odd, isn't they it? They say we've written... We, We've we've gone and lost to a tin pot outfit like Torquay, basically. Well, and... I, I was going to say so then, but I won't. <laughs> I was trying to goad you into a bit. Do we'd have to put the explicit lyrics thing on the start? But yeah, we, uh, we won't do that. Yeah, we're we're, we're remote, by the way, aren't we? We've got, we are remote, so there's a little bit of a delay. It's a little bit like one of those BBC interviews with their correspondent in Ukraine or something like that. So there's a little bit of a delay. Uh, but we've got loads this week. We've got plenty to chat about ourselves. We've got a chat with uh, with the gaffer. Slightly disconcertingly, you've now disappeared from my screen, but I'm guessing you're just, still in the room. Yeah, I was just shutting the door a bit because the dogs are barking. It's going to be a nightmare, this one. But we're going to start this week, and we finally managed to track down Matt and Grant from the Talking United women's team. Yeah. Um, I, t- I spoke to them last night. You'll have to forgive me. I'm talking very quickly because I've just finished playing football. Uh, I'm not talking in my usual measured tones, but um, we had a chat with them about about what's been going on with the women's team. They've been doing really well, uh, forthcoming fixtures, and a little bit about their star strikers. So let's let's do them first this week, Richard, shall we? Yeah, let's let's swap it around a bit. We're gonna we're gonna hear from Matt and Grant first. We are. So we'll be back on the other side of Matt and Grant. Okay, I'm here with Matt and Grant from the Talkie United women's team. Uh, congratulations, guys! You had a good win on Sunday. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, yeah, it was a good win in um, very blustery and trying conditions. Um, it was a it wasn't a tremendous spectacle from a footballing point of view, but it was a very well dug out and um, brilliant win for the side. It was 1-0 against Forest Green Rovers, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, 1-0. Yeah. Um, scored uh, inside the first five minutes. Um, Esme Kilburn-Thompson with her, uh, I think, seventh goal in, in four games, I think. So uh, she's been pretty prolific for us uh, since coming over from Exeter City. So a really good signing that, uh, that Grant managed to get hold of. Um, I love so the yeah. fact that you picked up a player from Exeter, by the way. Yeah, we <laughs> picked up. the heart of everybody on we, the podcast. We've picked up a player from Exeter. We've picked up one from Argyle as well in recent weeks, which has, you know, really helped us um, as, as a squad. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, we, we seem to be attracting uh, some players now, which is all down to this man to the left of me. Well, it's good. So, I mean, what is it about the, the team now? Because you've had a pretty good season. You've started the season well. You're starting to pick up the players. Um, there's a bit of magic going on there, isn't there? There, there is, and... 
it's, it's a very young side, um, which has been bolstered by some experience as the, the weeks have gone on. Um, they're, they're an exciting bunch of bunch of ladies, and they've got well big, big aspirations to be a very good side and huge amount of potential to go and succeed and be yeah. one of the best women's teams that this club's ever had for sure. Fabulous. So, where are you in the season now? You're you halfway through now, or just over half? Uh, so we've played just over half our games. Uh, we're currently third in the league. You know, we're, we're still in contention to get promoted, which is really good. We've sort of uh, five, five, six games uh, left to go this season. Um, and obviously, we've got a big uh, county cup final uh, yeah. against our, uh, you know, club rivals in Exeter City uh, in in April. So. There's, there's everything for all the players to play for. Um, you know, we're, we're battling on two fronts and, and long may that continue. And you play your home games down at Stoke. Um, nice pitch, nice facilities down there. Um, when's your next home game? So we, we're home this Sunday against yeah. uh, Royal Wooten Bassett. And then we're away for the next three weeks um, until we then return towards the end of the season against St Austell, I think it is the last game. Um, so really, there's two more opportunities at home to come and, to come and see the women um, before we, we hope that we see everyone in yellow at Coach Road on the 22nd of April. So, 20, so 22nd of April is a big cup game. This Sunday at Stoke, what time do you kick off? Uh, two o'clock kickoff. Um, so gates open from uh, from about one o'clock. Um, you know we've got refreshments on up there as well. So you know people can grab a coffee on a cold Sunday afternoon, yeah. uh, which we know all supporters like. Um, but yeah, it'd be great to see a few more uh, of the Yellow Army up there. Um, you know the the club's getting behind us. The fans are getting behind us. You know we've got momentum with us. Um, so yeah, it's all boding well. I noticed there were some pictures actually from your game on the Yellow Army Facebook page this week, so yeah. there are fans getting down yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. Talking you're away at Dover, of course, this week, so Yellow Army, get down and support the women on Sunday. Yeah, come down, come down and watch it. Uh, £3 for adults, £1 for children. Um, it's an enjoyable uh, 90 minutes of football, lots of goals, uh, and you get to see me and Grant shouting a lot. That's it, you don't do that, <laughs> yeah. Great stuff, thanks guys, thanks for your time, and um, hope it goes well Sunday. Cheers, Thank you very much. Thank you. So good to hear from the guys uh, last night. I did grab them after training. They were a little unprepared and I was a little out of breath, but um, they're, they're very busy people and we haven't been able to track them down yet. So uh, nice to hear about Esme Kilburn Thompson, our arrival from Exeter City. What a signing she's been. Yeah, uh, scored in every game so far that she's played for Talk United Women. Scored, I believe, a hat-trick on her debut. Um, mm-hmm. I think she scored, I think that makes it seven in four games. Uh, incredible record. Um, and a part of the, the revolution that's happening within Talk United Women at the moment with, with Grant and Matt actually t- t- turning things around really quickly. Um, obviously, I do the, sort of the results and stuff in the paper every week. I was looking at the table the other day and they are closing in on the title, I would suggest. Um, when maybe they would have been expecting maybe middling at the start of the season. So, yeah, good, good going, guys. I mean, Grant's a, Grant's, Grant is obviously someone who has been um, very influential in women's football before because he, he set up with, with, with uh, the club Buckland Athletic Ladies and took them to the heights so that they're higher than Talk United are nowadays in the National League system. Um, so, you know, yeah. very experienced and, and obviously good appointment by the club. And it, interesting to hear him say that, you know, they're all part of the Talk United family. Yeah. Uh, and there is that feeling of inclusion. Uh, and so it should be. Absolutely. So, great stuff. 
So let's move on to another branch of the family, the branch that um, that beat Wrexham by one goal to nil in a, a cracking game at Plainmore last Saturday. Are, are we, are Plenty we gonna, to talk about, about. Are we going to talk about, talk to Tin Pot Gary Johnson? <laughs> Do you think we would dare to refer to him as Tin Pot Gary Johnson? I just have. I'm, 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 just not, looking, there, I'm not looking forward to the next phone call. <laughs> Um, we have plenty to say to Gary uh, about Wrexham and yeah. looking ahead to the Dover game on Saturday. Yeah, I, sp- um, I spoke to him. Have on... listen to what Gary has well, to say. Just, just to explain, I spoke to him on Tuesday for the paper. So, um, if anything's happened since, uh, the, the, then, uh, then that's why it's slightly, le- you know, delayed. But um, uh, he did tell us some good news, which he we used on the back of the paper and uh, talked about the Wrexham game. So, yeah, excellent. Should we do that other side of Gary Johnson thing or is that getting a bit tired now? Do it, do it. We'll see you on the other side of Gary Johnson. Um, Gary, after the dust has settled, you've had time to think about that game. Uh, I know you'll be proud of the boys. What's the feeling now? Well, absolutely the same. Nothing's changed my mind. Yeah. Um, the only thing was that I felt that the uh, our supporters played just as big a part. <laughs> Um, you know, watching it back on the uh, obviously you hear the atmosphere mm. um, when I'm watching when I'm there on the day, but when you're watching it on the video, you, you, you're hearing it even more, you know, because you're, you're not in the game in your head sort of thing when you're watching the video, you, you can watch all around you, and I was just so proud of everybody, really and uh, it, was a bit, it was a big game for us, not it just was, because yeah. it was Wrexham, but because you know, it was one of them key games that we had to win, basically. Um, and, you know, it still keeps us in this little uh, good run that we're, we're, we're having. 19 points from nine games. That was after our three defeats that we had, all the shot Barnet and Halifax. And mm-hmm. we, had to, we had to do something something about it. And uh, and we have done, you know, with the number of points we've had in the last nine games. So I was, I was really pleased with the performance because it was absolutely... A one hundred percenter. You know, everybody gave their all on and off the field. So um, that's what can happen uh, in in when everybody understands that uh, it's a work rate on the pitch and it's a supportive uh, support off the pitch. And uh, you know, the world's your oyster, as we say. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. It was a bit of a surprise the lineup when when we all saw it. And a friend of mine who works in London sort of texted me. He was at work and said, you know, what? <laughs> um, you know, no striker on the on the on the uh, starting lineup, etc. And Ace um, Hall at the back as well. I mean, it was it was a big decisions to make, wasn't it? But it just worked perfectly, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It worked. It, well, it, I mean, it, it, there's only me that can me and Downsy that yeah. you know, that can pick a team before it happens. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, everyone else can be. Henry Hindsight's uh, again, as they say, <laughs> but um, but we, we we just we do the right things for the right reasons Absolutely. with the people that we got available to us. Um, we knew that we had to cover a little bit more of the penalty area when you know they got a six foot five fella mm. who's you know trying to impress after you know having a big fee uh, paid for him. So we knew there'd be a, a good big. Wrexham contingent, so it wasn't going to be a one-way traffic um, either on their side or on that, you know, or against us. So we knew we'd have to defend, um, and we did defend. We defended really well once we got our goal. Um, 
you know, which was pleased with because he worked on, uh, as we always do, a few set plays. Mm. They don't all come off uh, anywhere. Otherwise, teams would be winning 12-0, wouldn't they? But yeah. uh, when you get sort of one like that that uh, was absolutely well worked and Ace had done his job at both ends anyway. So, But we know he's comfortable there. And, of course, you don't just go into the game um, and never have played those three together or the two that up front yeah. that we played, Con- Connor uh, and Wernie. Um, you know, we, we look at it during the week and we had plenty of time to look at it and um, and see whether it looks comfortable and whether it will work. So, you know, it's not just guesswork on the day. Uh, absolutely, no. I, I think it worked really well. Um, yeah. will, you, will, you, will you change it back again? You're not going to tell me, are you? But <laughs> You'll be trying something different at Dover, I suspect. It's 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 horses for courses, so, isn't it? Yeah, uh, sorry, Richard, I didn't get the question. What was the question? I mean, I mean, it's, it's horses for courses. I mean, you know, you, you might might or not might not do that at Dover, but it's it's all the options that you've got, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we think we're we're flexible enough to, um, you know, depending on who we play, um, as to what shape we play, um, and what personnel we play, what personnel is available to yeah. us. Um, you know, I've been here long enough now and the lads have been here long enough now that most of them know the subtle changes that we can make if we need to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the proof will be in the pudding uh, a little bit sort of later on when we, you know, see uh, how, we've, how we've actually, uh, how we've done. Um, what about the injuries, Gary? I mean, it was, uh, Armani got, got stepped on, I believe. Was, was, it, was it a step? I don't think it was on purpose, was it? Um, no, it, it, it was, no, I, I don't think, well, you, you only the player knows whether yeah, it was on yeah, purpose, yeah. but it was, it was a, a culmination of two little challenges. One was on his foot, um, and then sort of like a minute later, uh, the, the fella just sort of clipped the outside of his knee. So, uh, you know, we're waiting to see how, how he is, but it's certainly not as, um, as bad as Armani thought it was at the time. Yeah, and then everybody there. rushes onto the pitch yeah. and suddenly you've got an emergency wall 10, yeah. uh, if you remember that. Yeah, just about, <laughs> so, yeah. Some of, us, some, uh, some of our other listeners won't. I know, I know. So anyway, um, and, and as you come off and, and all our medical staff looked at him, and uh, it was, you know, it was getting better by the minute. Okay. And so, um, you know, we'll have to wait and see um, whether there's enough time for him to recover, um, ready for uh, Saturday. And any news on Danny that you can give me? Uh, yeah, Danny's not far away. It, that's another one where um, it was almost, um, uh, we thought it would be a long-term injury. And then as it turned out, um, it's probably only going to be a very short-term injury. Okay. So, we, 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 yeah, we haven't uh, ruled him out at all for the weekend. Excellent. Okay, and another injured player who who I, I say injured because he was injured. Um, Tom Lapsley came back and, and made a big difference in the middle, didn't he? Yeah, well, he's got that experience. Um, he's played in lots of those big competitive matches at a yeah. high level, and uh, you know he knows how to perform in those matches. Um, and he certainly did very very well. And, uh, he deserved his uh, accolade of Team of the Week in uh, mm. some of the papers um, and it was great to have him back I mean obviously we you know we had Joe Lewis back we had Dean Moxie back we had yeah. Ben Winter back in his correct position and then Tom Lapsley came in and uh, so you know it was uh, it was a much more 
um, consistent, if you like, performance from the week before. Absolutely. And Dover, I mean, you've, you've got, to, got to see them as a threat, whatever their position on the table is, don't you? Yeah, you, well, exactly, because they they got nothing to lose. You know, at the, at the moment, I'm sure they don't feel that they're, they're going to stay up. I mean, it'd have to be a, an unbelievable yeah. uh, run of events. But um, so they are playing with, you know, the, the thought of, you know, we, we, we're under no pressure. Um, let's go out and see if we can stop teams scoring against us first and foremost, and then uh, you know try and catch them out at the right time. So you know they've had a couple of, I think they've had two one goal defeat, you know, defeats by one goal yeah. in the last three weeks, and, and a win. Um, you know so, but you know they, they're getting a bit more solid, and uh, that, that's what uh, their manager's doing for them. Brilliant. Well, my dog's just started barking, so that's that's our cue to to finish and uh, and and for me to say good luck for for Saturday. Okay, mate. Thanks very Cheers, much. Go. Bye. See ya. Bye. Well, that's good news, Rich, isn't it? Danny Wright back. The injury not quite as bad as we thought. Yeah. Um, um, I love love the fact that he referred to emergency ward ten. By the way, I remember emergency ward ten. Yeah, not many I remember other the na- I remember the name, but I don't remember properly watching it. I'm sure uh, the the name was because my parents watched it. I'm sure, but um, I, you know, I, I feel like maybe even if you update it for the younguns and and say you know it was like casualty running onto the pitch, even casualty might be yeah. a bit uh, of a stretch for some of the younguns because uh, no one watches live telly anymore over the uh, under the age of, of 21, do they? They all watch this Netflix I don't and think stuff. They do. Emergency Ward 10, I think it used to be on after Crossroads. Did it? Did they use the yeah. same set? <laughs> just just dress did. it up with with medical stuff. I think, yeah, I reckon so, with the wobbly walls and everything like that. Yeah. Now, listen, ever since Saturday, we've been busting to talk about the Wrexham game, haven't we? Yeah, it was a a good day, wasn't it? After Saturday. What a test that was for Torquay, and didn't they pass it with flying colours? What an extraordinary uh, way to approach the game as well, tactics-wise. Well, I I think... But Gary's invented a new formation. Now, we played a 5-5-0 formation, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um, not seen one of those before, but the, the masterstroke, as Nick Broderick says in the paper this week as well, the masterstroke of putting Asa Hall, we all knew he could play there. When Asa Hall, you know, when Gary talks about Asa Hall, he always says, remember, he can play in defence as well. Yeah. But to actually see him drop back and play as a sweeper, a deep-lying centre-half, and play so well in that position. It was it was just great to watch, wasn't it? And then pop up with the header that wins it in the eighth minute. Yeah, and that was before we really realised what formation we were playing. So Indeed. he got his goal, and then he went and, and defended heroically for the rest of the game. Absolutely. I think I said to you at one point, I kind of nudged you and is, is Asa playing at the back? You did. Yeah. And we looked and we thought... Hang on, this is not the formation we were expecting, but that's that's the wonder of football, isn't it? I mean, we'd already realised, hadn't we, that there was no strikers on the pitch. Um, but, no. you know, that was an extraordinary piece of um, planning by the club, by the by the management, and and it paid off. I mean, it was it was it was perfect, wasn't it? It was because I mean, when Wrexham were in possession, we were Winter, Lewis, Hall, Moxie, and Martin across the back, and then. Um, Duke McKenna, Little, Lapsley, who we will come on to in a moment, 
Lemon, Hay, Evans and Wynn across the middle. Yeah. And, you know, when Torquay were in possession, two of those midfield players would push forward. But very quickly, uh, the two lines of five were established again. It was absolutely brilliant. You enjoyed it, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. But what else I enjoyed as well, because we were doing it and the other team weren't, was the magnificent game management that we indulged in. Yeah. Um, we can remember, can't we, that... Um, Gary against certain teams earlier on in the season was a bit uh, was a bit critical of game management, um, but it's working for us very well now. He does say in the interview uh, um, about how you know they've started to understand how to use game management better, and and yeah. uh, they've done that in the last couple of games. I mean, Phil Parkinson was tearing his hair out down on the touchline about yeah. it, but Gary and Aaron have been in that exact position. Plenty of times this season. It's just, it's for the, you have to do, in that circumstance, I suppose, you have to do whatever the referee will let you get away with. Yeah. Up to the point where the referee decides to intervene. There was a point in the second half, I don't know if you noticed, where he had his yellow card in his hand and was walking towards Sean McDonald when Sean McDonald finally got around to kicking the ball and the referee decided not to book him. But it, you just have to push things as far as the ref will allow, I suppose. Well, that's, that's the game, isn't it, nowadays? You know, it's, um, it's it's not about bending the rules. It's about getting as close to them as possible, close to the edge as possible. And did you spot, by the way, um, that young Stephen Duke McKenna um, did what we what we once saw Rene Howe do at Playmore when Torquay were trying to manage the game? Um, there was a time where Rennie Howe was being substituted. These oh, were in the days before yeah. you were supposed to leave by your nearest exit. Yeah. Um, and we all wondered why Rennie Howe had suddenly taken it upon himself to trot over to stand right in front of the pop side. And it was because he knew his number was coming up and he could take longer to get off. And Duke McKenna did the very same thing on Saturday. Yeah, you mentioned I that. very nearly yeah. stood up and applauded. <laughs> And then and then made his way across the pitch before it was too late, and and then being yeah. forced to go off the pitch that side. So yeah, it was very very clever. Um, yeah, clever. I mean it was it, it, it was a day of clever things, and it was it was really good, and I really enjoyed um, the. I mean, I didn't speak to them. I don't speak to people, guy. But um, uh, the the change in attitude from the start. By the, the the visiting Wrexham press people, who who of whom there were lots, um, their were, changing yes. attitude from the start uh, at, to the end, it was it was it was interesting. Yeah, you were you were sitting almost across the border in <clears throat> Wales, weren't you? You were up at the um, up at the up at the business end of yeah, the press box. Yeah, yeah, I, I was kind of in Shropshire somewhere. Um, there, I liked what Gary said as well in his post-match interview about it being better to be at the bottom of the top half than the top of the bottom half of the table. And that's very much where we are at the moment, isn't it? Just nudging into the bottom end of that top 10, yeah. which is where we want to be. Yeah, I mean, obviously everyone would like us to be a bit higher and maybe in the playoffs and or even at the top. But, you know, considering where we have been this season, uh, we're in a fine place, ready to strike. We're not. We do strike now. A um, couple of things I wanted to say about talking. I mean, Tom Lapsley. Yeah. I, th- I mean, we all know what Tom Lapsley gives you. And yeah. Tom Lapsley gives you that kind of throwback 70s footballer. But boy, didn't he have a good game on Saturday. And that sequence where he throws himself into two or three tackles across the pitch. 
um, just kind of typifies why he's so useful to the side when he is fit and when he's playing. Yeah, he's a bulldog, isn't he? And uh, uh, to use he the cliche, he 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 knows the game. Gary, Gary mentioned that in, in the interview that you know you, you you kind of forget how experienced he is. He's not that old, and yet he's played mm. hundreds of league football games. So he you know yeah. he's a good, experienced pro, and 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 uh, was a good signing. And a wholehearted performance as well. I mean, he, he does, he, he throws himself into tackles. Um, yeah, I mean, everything just says old-fashioned footballer about him in a very good way, I think. <laughs> uh, and the long throws, uh, both teams, unusual to see two teams relying quite so heavily on long throws. I mean, yeah. Ben Tozer's throws for Wrexham, almost reaching the far post, but well, Dean Moxie's for Torquay. <clears throat> Gary said um, in the interview again. I can, sorry to keep on going back to the interview, but it was obviously, you know, um, a good one. He um, he said that the throws are, are almost more important than corners for for for, for Wrexham because um, the, the Ben Tozer's throw has more control as to where it's going to land than perhaps their corners. So um, they were prepared. Torquay were prepared for that, and that's one of the reasons I think that that you know there was an extra man in the middle there. Yeah, yeah. Both of them throw it in an interesting way as well. They're almost one-handed throws. If you watch Dean Moxie and also Ben Tozer, the with Moxie, the right hand is basically just for steadying the ball, and the left hand does all the work. So the ball spins. The ball doesn't go straight. The ball spins. Right. Uh, and Ben Tozer was doing the same thing right-handed. It's it's quite a science. It's not just a matter of, of being strong and hurling the ball into the uh, goal mat. No, no, it's quite absolutely. a science to it. Absolutely. I was always rubbish at throw-ins. I don't know why. Something about me, I used to get bloody... <laughs> referees used to come at me all the time about my throw-ins. And I... I, I Our throws. I, 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 think, I think because I'm short and I've got short arms, maybe the ball yeah. couldn't... Phys- I couldn't physically get the ball behind my head enough. So maybe that's what it was. But I ball. felt like I was doing it right. I was always told I was doing it wrong. By the time you explain that to Dave, so Dave Saw or Pete Foxen or somebody, you'd um, you'd already been penalised. Yeah. No, it's not right. You know, it's not right. No. Before we before we leave the Wrexham game, we have to talk about fan behaviour. Yeah. Um, for the second, I mean, when uh, when Wrexham said at the start of the season they were going to get out of this league by throwing money at it, I don't <coughs> think they had quite that Ooh, in mind. Indeed, good line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this it's the second time we've had coins thrown um, from the Wrexham fans. I mean, it happened up there. There were people were hit by things being thrown from fans in, in amongst the Torquay fans, hit by yeah. things being thrown from the Wrexham fans up there. And then on Saturday, we know a coin was thrown because the referee um, brought it across to the fourth official. And we heard and him said say it. Yeah, we loudly it. enough for everyone to hear quite deliberately that it was a coin yeah. that had been thrown on. Um, I've spoken to Devon Cornwall Police this week. They were waiting for um, a report. Talking United were waiting for the referee's report as well. I don't know what more happens after that. Right. You can't blame the home club for something that happens on the away terraces. Um, but it's just... And, and there was apparently, according to Wrexham fans themselves, there was some racist abuse aimed at the referee. I just don't get it, mate. I just don't understand where we are in 2022, where this kind of thing still happens. Well, 
I think where we are in 2022, when, when this kind of thing still happens, is, is, is we do nowadays um, acknowledge it happening. Because, guys, it's gone yeah. on for so, yeah, we, we, we know that that's gone on through football ever since we've been watching. But now what happens yeah. is people call it out. So it becomes an issue. Um, those people have never gone away. Some of them have, have got older and, and realised the error of their ways. But you, you're always yeah. going to get a few idiots in a, in a crowd, aren't you? And I mean, we're not being all holier than now. I mean, we've all stood in Talking United crowds where bad stuff has happened. Mm. Uh, you know, Talking United are, are no angels. But coin throwing, is, uh, you, somebody's going to get very badly hurt if that continues. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, the, the possible racism is, you know, that's just stupid. It's just ignorant yeah. and dirty, isn't it? You have to hope the Wrexham can stamp this out, um, you know, for all the Ballyhoo and, and, you know, this season's Wrexham. Wrexham are a club with a long tradition. We've played them dozens and dozens of times. Um, they're a club that's respected all the way through the leagues. And, you know, they need to stamp this out before they lose that respect. Yep, absolutely. Agreed. Anyway, enough pontificating from me. Let's look ahead to Saturday's game. Yes. Tough game. I, I am... Apprehensive. Well, we do have a habit of, 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 of coming away from a magnificent win, going to a club that we should absolutely thrash um, and struggling and possibly losing, sometimes drawing. Because Dover are nowhere near as bad on the pitch as they are on paper. Are they? No, on paper they're, they're they're appalling. I mean, obviously they started the season with a twelve point deduction because they couldn't because in air, air, air uh, quotes they couldn't finish the season financially. Um, I think I think the chairman was just trying to make a name for himself myself. But anyway, that's beside the point. Yeah. They ended up with a twelve point. Austin Yeah, twelve point deduction. They're still on minus five points, so they've only managed to drag seven points out the season I think yeah. uh, without having the table in front of me I think that would put them bottom anyway even if they yeah. were just on five points so or seven points I should say so you know yes on paper they are appalling but but in, in practice they, I mean they're managed by Andy Hessenthaler who Gary has a great deal of respect for yeah um, as everybody in football does he's been there and done that yeah we beat them 2-1 uh, playing more earlier in the season, but it's not a match that I have particularly fond memories of. Um, no, uh, we didn't play well. We made heavy, heavy weather of that. Mm, mm. Um, he's an experienced uh, manager, he, isn't he? I mean, like Gary said that in, 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 on the back of the paper this week about about the fact that you know he's he's got them doing some good stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're only it, winning. I mean, it's a game they're only winning ones, one nils, and one nils, and you know. It's not as if they're getting thrashed every week, apart from this weekend, of course. No. It's, yeah, it's going to be a tough game for Torquay. That, I mean, Torquay have got the wherewithal to do it. They've got the players. I mean, if they can produce anything like that performance that saw off Wrexham last Saturday, they'll be fine. But, you know, you have to be wary of Dover. They've spent all season upsetting people and giving good teams a very, very good run for their money. So, um, yeah, it's not a gimme on, um, on Saturday. But having said that, Guy, with Danny Wright and Sinclair Armstrong up front, we'll be flying. 
Now, I wasn't going to mention Sinclair Armstrong because <laughs> I'm getting a bit tired of reading on social media that, uh, oh, my, my mate's wife saw him buying a bag of Monster Munch in the spa shop in Babacan or yeah. something like that. So he's definitely here. Uh, um, I, I mean, I mean, we'll talk about Danny Wright in a minute, obviously, but um, I had a phone call from someone today, you know who you are, or not today, or the other day, Tuesday or whatever it is, you know who you are, um, who suggested that he'd, he'd heard it from three different separate people that had seen Sinclair, or, or someone who they knew had seen Sinclair Armstrong in Torquay, or in Torquay or at Newton Abbott or wherever this week. Um, so, you know... I'm going to put a bit of credence on that. I don't think, uh, I, I don't think, honestly, that so many people would see someone who hasn't been there. Um, so no. I, I just wonder if there's something in it. Now, Gary is not going to I, tell I, me um, whether Sinclair Armstrong is, has agreed a new loan deal and is currently training uh, in preparation for, for Saturday. But um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if that turned out to have been the no. case. I mean, I hear what you say, Rich, but how many people have seen Elvis since 1977? Well, he's still alive. Because he's, he's still alive. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I, will, I will be so happy if this turns out to be true. I will be delighted. Okay. I'm, I'm I mean, it's of, one of those, I'm, isn't I'm it? I mean, on... you, you're never going to know until the, until, until the Twitter, Twitter feed sings. Yeah. Ten minutes before kickoff on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I reckon if it if it, I... if it has been done, it might be Friday night that we hear. Would be great, wouldn't it? Would be great. I mean, but we are really yeah, walking into not... the land of speculation with this, aren't we? <laughs> we don't normally do that, to be fair. See what they'll what they'll do now. Dom will put out a tweet on Friday evening. He said, "Talking United, welcome, uh, welcome, new signing Elvis Presley yeah. to the uh, squad in time for Dover." Well, while, while I'm thinking about it, and I know it's going completely off tangent, but the best name for a um, uh, a mascot ever was Grizzlies, Elvis Grizzly. Oh, nice. Yeah. That is good. I can't remember what he was. Um, I might have been a dog, I think. But yeah, Elvis Grizzly. Elvis Grizzly. Yeah. Love it. We mentioned Danny Wright just now. Great to have Danny Wright back. Um, you know, we think, I mean, Gary's indicated that he's not that far away, which is usually Gary's indication for expect to see him pretty soon. Yeah, I, I, I think um, the, the, the original thought on the injury was that it was, a, a, again, a nasty one. Turned out not to be so. And uh, I think he's... I think he's probably training this week quite happily and uh, ready to go. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the team on Saturday. And and also, um, I think Armani Little's injury is not anywhere near as bad as was first thought when he when he limped off against um, um, in, against Wrexham. Uh, so I think I think uh, that that was a couple of knocks within a minute part of each other. That yeah, you know, I think I think. <laughs> He took one on the knee and then got a stamp on the foot. Yeah, the, I think it's the other way around. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and seemingly by the same fella, apparently. So uh, make of that what you will. Um, we'll we'll see. Um, I think he might be available too. Um, be one player who won't be. Sorry, it has. One player who won't. Go on. It has. It hasn't escaped our attention that Byron Moore's left the club. By the way. Um, 
he did so little while he was here. <laughs> it's, it's kind of it's kind of gone under under the radar a bit, hasn't it? That's what I was actually I was saying when I was just uh, when we talked over each other in that horrible zoomy kind of way. <laughs> then I was just going to say Byron Law. Um, we never really did get anything out of Byron Law, did we? No. Four or five appearances. In in, um, in, all, in all fairness, in all fairness to Gary, he looked like a great signing at the time. Now, obviously, it was a free yeah. contract, and I just don't think he was fit. And obviously, he yeah. wasn't getting fit. No. And I mean, Gary and all managers demand a certain level of fitness. And if you're just not able for whatever reason to get to that, yeah. we've seen that with players before. Absolutely. Um, then really, you're, just, you're better off seeking your fame and fortune elsewhere, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, indeed. We all know what a, what a player he was at Argyle, but then they released him. So, you know, it makes you wonder. Yeah, yeah, true, true. But a detective work by a couple of our, um, our <coughs> listeners this week. Uh, Julian and the ex-girls Twitter feed, the top people's Twitter feed, by the way, okay. have both helped us to track down the uh, chap who gave his name to your card, Dwayne Ofori Achiampo, has been found. Uh, he's playing for Hungerford Town. Is he? Wow. He okay, is, and course, he, scored, uh, he scored both of their goals in a 2-2 draw with Slough at the weekend. Well, well, I mean, that's... Um... I mean, obviously, we, we were playing them only three, three years ago, or whatever it was, when we were in the, the, the National South. You know, that was yeah. one of the teams that you'd looked at, you'd looked at and thought, this is how low we have sunk. We're playing Hungerford Town. <laughs> you know, uh, there were was, there was some bigger teams in that division that you could, you could feel moderately okay with. But Hungerford Town, I remember thinking, crikey, look where we yeah. are. Um, obviously, we got out of that division. But um, no, it's good to see him still playing because I, there were, I mean, I, I, he, there were bits I liked about. Uh, Dwayne's yeah, game yeah. Um, he was alright uh, just m- might not have been good enough quite good enough to be playing at that level the um, the, the press the press clipping that uh, Julian sent me of a match report of his game sounds as if he's um, he's playing pretty well too there were two cracking goals by the good, sound of it good so playing at that level he's probably um, yeah he'll get some goals there so we uh, wish him well and what an honour to have a, a Peugeot 207 named after him that would have lifted him, I yeah. think. When he when he heard the podcast last week, he'll have yeah. heard that. He thought, that I've got to go and score now. <laughs> and before we disappear, a couple of other teams to mention. Boreham Wood. Yep. Boreham Wood. Yeah. Well done, Boreham Wood. One nil at um, AFC Bournemouth. Three X goals in the side. Yeah. Tyrone Marsh, Scott Bowden and Josh Reese, of course. Yeah, and they all played their part as well, I think. Um, it was they an did. extraordinary watch, wasn't it? I don't know if you watched it live, but I did, and it was an extraordinary thing to watch. Yeah. Um, as it as it got it was, sort of 70, 75 minutes, you started to think, no, they're, they're not going to do this, are they? No. It was. You're right. You put your finger on it. There it was one of those games where the atmosphere built and built and built towards the end yeah. until he finally thought, actually, they are, and you could almost see it dawning on Luke Garrard that they yeah, were, they yeah, were actually going to do it. Yeah. No, it was a great um, game. I really enjoyed watching that. Away at Everton in the next round. Who knows what they could come up with there? You yeah. just, you know, <coughs> who depends what sort of team Everton put out against them. It's it's Absolutely. a massively tall order, but you never know, do you? You never know. I mean, you, you, Frank Lampard's pretty wily, isn't he? You're expecting to to balance it um, and just make yeah. sure that the team that he does put out 
will be weaker than a team that he puts out in the Premiership week in, week out, but is strong enough to beat a National League team. But, you know, look at what Kidderminster did at West Ham. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we were, yeah. wasn't it funny? We, we, we were sitting there, sort of, we got there early on, on Saturday and we were in the press benches and everyone was kind of watching their phones and, and, and us, our laptops, to see what was happening at the West Ham Kidderminster game and the, and the Plymouth um, game as well. You know, that was, that was extraordinary. Yeah, and a big kudos to Argyle as well for, for a tremendous performance at Chelsea. Yeah. Um, ex- excellent performance at there Chelsea. Was a, there was a funny moment. Um, yeah. There was a funny moment when um, everyone heard that the, the Plymouth had a penalty to make and they could have made it 2 all uh, from the penalty spot late on to probably take it to penalties. And, uh, of course, nowadays, you, you all watch it on your devices uh, and... And they're all at different times and, and stuff. And um, we're all watching the chat next to us. He's got it live on his phone, hasn't he? And uh, yeah. someone in the pop side, a little way down from us, just jumped up and went, yes! And we thought, crikey, they scored. And then as we watched, they missed. And he was celebrating them missing. Grumpy sod. Oh, what a terrible <laughs> thing to do. Terrible thing to do. But there you go. And uh, one more cup tie to talk about. This uh, coming Saturday, it's Newport Pagnell versus Buckland Athletic, isn't it? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yeah, absolutely. The fifth round of the FA Vars, the last 16 teams in it. Um, they're playing, they're, Buckland are playing at Newport Pagnell Town, um, which is a, a team in the United Counties League Premier Division South, which is exactly the same levels that Buckland play at. Uh, Buckinghamshire team near, mm-hmm. near Milton Keynes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great day. I, I, I spoke to um, Paul Froud this week and he's he's up for it. I spoke to Adam Castle, director of football, who uh, uh, is um, lives in Ireland and is struggling actually to get over. Um, but obviously he, he'll be there in, in spirit. And um, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a big, big game for them. Five years ago, I went to see them play Sporting Bromsgrove uh, in this exact yeah. round, uh, me and my dad went up, and it was a big crowd there. There was a lot of talk- talkie weren't playing that day, so there was a lot of talkie tra- travel. Well, well, they either weren't playing, or they were playing far enough away that actual talkie yeah. fans from yeah. London chose, or, or from around the area, chose to go to that game instead. Because I remember seeing a lot of faces from the past. But it was a, it was a great day, um, and they lost two 0 I think it was two 0 in the end. Um, they they went into the game missing there key striker at that time Gavin Hammond who was absolutely on fire at yeah. that time but picked up a terrible knee injury and never really recovered from that I th- think he's playing for Chudley now or, or mm-hmm. I think it is Chudley because I think that's where he comes from so um, yeah two players from that, that squad still playing for Buckland um, Charlie Johansson was 17 at the time now 22 and a uh, hell of a striker um, Richard Groves who, who's been a, 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 a Club captain and and been brilliant in midfield for for for, for five five odd years now. Was I mean I think he must have been brand new to the team then because I think that was about the time he joined. Yeah. yeah. So they, they they know what it's about. They've played at that in the, in this round before, and you know you get through this and you're into the last eight and suddenly you're two two wins away from 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 Wembley in May. That would be. That would be an epic, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Eh? Not yeah, and, and let's, and let's not forget, we'll, 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 we'll be keeping our fingers crossed as well for Tim Seals' Harmworthy United, who are still in it as well. Yeah. That would be nice to see uh, see that at Wembley, wouldn't it? It would indeed. 
Tim Sales and Tim Sales at Wembley. He'll start me off. I'm getting a misty eye now. So thank you very much for uh, for listening this week. Um, good luck to Buckland. If you're at a loose end this weekend, because Torquay are away, don't forget the Torquay United women at home at Stoke Gabriel. Two o'clock kickoff against Royal Wooden Bassett on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, They're flying. And yep. then we'll be, we'll, we'll be back with you again this time next week, and wherever you're listening, whether it's in Spain or Australia. We have listeners as well all over the place. Thanks for your time. And hopefully we'll be, we'll, be, we'll be back in person talking next week as well. There's just a, a few a few problems meant, well, not problems, but situations meant we couldn't be in the same room today. But uh, next week we'll, we'll be in the same room again. The Tin Pot Talky podcast Yay. will be back. And in the meantime, as ever, come, come on, you yellows. yellows. It sounds right for me. It probably doesn't sound right for you, but it's perfect. We'll get right.